Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Behold week three. Behold means to see or observe. We want to see God clearly, especially in the holidays where the pace can increase and we can feel the pressure, anxiety uh, to produce and have to force something and to really stop and say, okay, if we're really going to go into 2019 the right way, uh, it's really important how we end the year because the way you exit a season is oftentimes how you enter a season. And if so, if if we exit this season stressed out. We're going to enter 2019 stressed out. Next thing you know, it's going to be February. You're never going to get where you want to go. But we genuinely, we think the best way to connect and start with any new season with God is to stop. Pray first, wait. And uh, we're going to do something a little different today. We'll have the uh, giving at the end of service to respond to the message today and talk about the heart for the house house being this family here, and what's the heart that's on this house. We get so fatuated in our culture today with how big things are. I want it bigger. I want it quicker. And the older I get, and this isn't just cliche, it is in the small, still places where I see God most. It's in the little things. I remember one of my friends, he is a prolific traveler, and how do you sit in the car, I asked him, for 10 hours. Oh, there's beauty in the journey. It's not about the destination. What? I'm always thinking, I can't wait to get there. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm still the five-year-old asking Crystal, are we there yet? Are we there yet? So if you invite me to travel outside a 20-mile radius, I I need uh, that confirmed through two or three witnesses, you know? I'm just okay with just being here, right? And blooming where we're planted. There... uh, So today we're going to talk about the bigness of God, beholding that. And I think as we lift him up and see how big he is, what what the reality of our problems will really seem small. And it's not that our problems are insignificant to God. It's just that he's so good and he's over them. And he'll give us context of what that feels and looks like. And I think the best way to illustrate that is a recent Amazon purchase. Um, We have uh, these small trees in our house with some LED lights, courtesy of Lacey Block, who heard that our kids wanted a tree. It was cool. She got them hooked up with a little tree, and they were excited. But the twins now, they have their own kind of rhythm, their own pace, if you will. And, and so in their world, they don't have a tree, and they wanted a tree. And so since they wanted a tree, based on effort, resources, schedule, you name it, we then resorted to Amazon, and I pitched this LED tree. Let's go on. And then I'm looking uh, sort by lowest price first, and there's this great picture of a tree. It looks incredible. Um, it's white. It's got LED lights. It comes. It shows up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The tree was this big. <laughs> it comes with a USB. It doesn't even come with the connector. It just has the, the female side of the USB, and you got to get the, the plug for it. And so we plug it in. We sell it. We pitch it. The twins are excited. And what's been so cool is... I expected a big tree, and they were okay with just a small tree, and they now want to sleep with it. They take it in whatever room because they got their own tree. (laughs) A lot of times we want God to show up with the big tree, and he ships us the little one. Oh, what? He's like, look a little closer. And it's really important that we recognize that, behold, our God is big, but he's often found in the small. 
And that's what today's message is all about. That he's so big, he created the universe. We need to marvel at him. But how we'll find him is in the small. And this video shows us the power of focus and really what we're looking at. Check it out. Pay attention. This is a test. Try to count the number of footballs, like this one, as they fly across the screen. You have 10 seconds. Ready? Go. Did you count all 27 footballs? It's not easy. But the funny thing is, you didn't need to count any of them to get the right answer. Want to find out why? How could you possibly know the number of footballs without counting them? Because the answer was hidden in plain sight, right on the scoreboard. While you were focused on what your brain thought was important, counting the footballs, you missed some vital information. It's, it's a, a couple people saw the, the scoreboard in the background. A few people saw it. I mean, it's on a bigger, but when you're on your phone, it's really hard to see. I definitely got stumped by it. I did count 27 footballs, though, but I did it the hard way. We find God, I think, trying to count, and where's he at? And we're, he, we're trying to debate, God, show up how I want you to. Why? We come with all, he loves inv inviting us in and answering our questions, but I think how he wants to answer them is they're, they're obscure, they're obvious, they're clear, and they're oftentimes found in packages that seem unlikely. Matthew chapter 13 illustrates of how people saw Jesus. You hear about Jesus now. He's the son of God. He can save us from the shackles of sin. He can give us freedom, new life. He went about doing miracles, signs, and wonders, but that's not how his peers saw him. The peers just saw him as Jesus, son of the carpenter. Verse 53, when Jesus had finished these parables, he went from them away from them. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. So what Jesus is doing, he's hitting some home runs. He's having a concert, if you will. He's gaining some attention and some fame. But now the hometown audience who remembers he's missed some open mic nights. He hasn't always uh, been impressive from the outside resume, and they say, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Now, carpenter there is, is also, the, the word would be tecton of just, that he's a general laborer, that Jesus is your common laborer going about in society. You wouldn't necessarily think that the one who created the stars, the moon, the universe, the heavens, earth, us, is going to just be a general laborer. This is why the gospel grabs our attention in such a way that the footballs never will. Is not his mother Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Are not his sisters with us? And when did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his household. And he did not, and he did not, do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It's as if they couldn't really see who he was, so therefore God wasn't even going to display his power. Yeah, skeptic, meh, mm, not, not this type of Jesus. I think too, too, too often we, we associate the Super Bowl victory with how we want God 
to display his power in our life. He is present in the small, unlikely moments. One of the coolest part of Jesus' story is he waits till he's 30 and he shows up on the scene. We have one interaction as a, as a kid. He's a teenager, uh, almost a teenager, and he's learning in the synagogue. In fact, he's so captivated by hearing the wisdom that his family leaves. They don't recognize they're without Jesus. I mean, imagine this one. They're with a big group and a group, big crowd, and finally they get to their place. Where's our son? And they go back, and he's in the synagogue, and he's like, you know him in my father's house. What? Come on home with us. And it said he left with his parents, and he honored them and submitted to them. Amen, every parent. Uh, but we don't see him again until he's 30. I think we don't see him again until he's 30 because a lot of leaders in that time would prepare, and they wouldn't be recognized until they were 30. And so Jesus is even submitting to the system of the culture. He's humbling himself into society. So amazing. that he's going low. The message puts it this way. When Jesus had finished telling these stories, he left there. He returned to his hometown and gave a lecture in the meeting house. He made a real hit, impressing everybody. Oh, wow. We had no idea he was this good, they said. How did he get so wise, get such ability? But in the next breath, they were cutting him down. We've known him since he was a kid. He's the carpenter's son. We know his mother, Mary. We know his brothers, James and Joseph, Simon and Judas. All his sisters live here. Who does he think he is? They got their noses all out of joint. But Jesus said, a prophet is taken for granted in his hometown and his family. He didn't do many miracles there because of their hostile indifference. We had a cool moment where we got to open up for Mercy Me jars of clay at the Breslin Center. It was super fun. Sound check, anyone who's ever uh, performed know that sound check can just make you not want to make music ever again. No, we're just checking one instrument now at the same time. You know, and the band just going off. The sound guys, because we're the opening band, the local opening band for the record, they, they grill us right at the, we're getting ready to walk on stage. Looks me in the face. You guys got 10 minutes. We get up there, fine. And uh, we're, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was as if we were made for this moment. It was, so, it was so funny. Because we checked for like four minutes. We're like, that sounds better than we've ever done. They're like, what? We're done. <laughs> they were like, oh, cool. And then they liked us. Well, mercy me, we got to talk to them behind stage. And then they invited us on stage um, and interviewed us. And they interviewed us because they liked the business model of us giving away CDs. And it was a cool moment. They, he, they said to us privately, we, we've tried to do something like this. That's why we put on Winter Jam, because we wanted to give more opportunities for people to come to concerts. And one thing I found in that moment was a lot of different people approached us as if we made it just by performing at the Breslin Center. And there was this mirage that somehow now we're validated because we performed at the Breslin Center. But it was right after the event stopped, there was this youth group that called us up and they needed their, uh, our, one of our friends was there, they needed their car jumped. And it took us 40 minutes to find it. It was quite a grueling process. And the Lord really spoke to us and said, this is what the moment's all about, never about the stage. And we're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, we just want to go to Denny's, though. You know, after you, it's just late night, you just want to hang out. And, he, and here's, here's the point. God showed up in our life way before we were on stage at the Breslin Center. And the Breslin Center was merely just a byproduct. It was a moment. It was a destination. It was when it was obscure 
carpenter's son moments, small, when no one believed in us, if you will, but God did, and that's when he was building us up. And so the stage wasn't as glamorous. It wasn't as beautiful. It didn't, it didn't mean as much as the relationships with living legends like this in this room. You know, oftentimes we wait till somebody's di- somebody dies to honor them, and then we come out the woodwork, you know, we read the thing, this way, I just want to say this to my friend. Yeah, that's awesome, but I want to say something to you right now. As I've gotten to know some of you, you all are living legends. You have so much inside of you. I love getting to learn about your stories because I think God cares about the smallness of your life. What kind of God is this that he's so big, but yet he shows up so small? And he gets so close. And how we do this is there's a technique that, that can improve your friendships. If you, this will improve your friendships. Making questions your profession. How are you? What's your friendships like? Ah, oh, tell me more about that moment. Talking less, listening more. And what that does is it builds authentic relationships. And as I've learned that technique over the years, what I've found is there's a lot of living legends that I get to talk to. And the stage doesn't become as sexy anymore. It's a mirage. It really is. And if we aren't careful, we start to think of Christianity like the stage. Well, I need the professional to pray. I need the Sunday morning to get back on. I need God to answer my job request or whatever to to really be in the game. God, if you're going to show up, show up for me like this. And he's so funny. Sometimes he'll do that. You're like, oh, man. And when he does that, he always asks you to ante up. Okay, remember? Come on. And he'll slow back down for us, get real small, get down on our level. There's these new techniques for parenting. I'm caught in between two eras. The first era was, boy, listen, it was whack. You know, just throw him against the wall and... uh, and uh, that's one era. And then there's this new era. Um, where do you, what do you think we should do for the day? You know, what do you think? Um, how do you think we should spend our money? Um, you know, in these two extremes. And so as I've learned these techniques, though, one of the techniques is it's definitely good getting down on their level and that they don't feel threatened and then giving them options. This has been super cool. Parenting on Purpose, there's a book from the Bethel community, Parenting on Purpose, but options. So would you like to go to bed with a spanking thrown against the wall? Okay, sorry. Um, or would you like to go to bed and then tomorrow we'll talk about new surprises? Would you like to? No, option one or option two. Fine, option two, you know? And it gives them ownership. It's a, it's a neat technique. We all want to know that we have ownership with God. And he, he's gentle enough where he really gets down on our level, but boy, he doesn't have to. Boy, he doesn't have to. You know the t-shirts, Jesus is my homeboy? Man, Jesus is my homeboy. That's neat because it starts to make it a little personal. But if we aren't careful, he's not my homeboy. He's my Lord. He's my Savior, and he demands all of my attention. I don't have rights anymore. What are we doing here? God changes the game. Philippians 4, real popular verse, but this is the heartbeat of how this big God is in small moments for us. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation, I am to be content. Oh, a tough prayer this week? I'm content in every situation. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I think if there was a t-shirt, this is how we would do it. 
I can do all things. And then the small print, through him who strengthens me. I think if we're really to read it, it would be super small. Like, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Because the real strength is in him. And that's not a false humility. That's accurate strength. That's real fuel. That's real power. That's the real Christ in me in any situation. That behold, God is big, but he's found in the small. A few things that I think that can help us um, do this is, number one, first say, man, God is big, period. When I went to New York, I've only been there one time, and so I'm just going to tell you about this one story, but New York's a legend. If you listen to hip-hop growing up as a kid, you got to get to New York, and if you go to New York, uh, you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, that kind of vibe. Rucker Park, basketball, you name it. My buddy was on staff at a church called Dream Center in New York. We were going to go visit him for the day, go visit uh, Hillsong, New York, and then hopefully make it to Tim Keller's church, Redeemer. We didn't get as far as there because going with kids in New York was a little challenging. One thing I loved about New York, though, is you could be really weird, and everybody thought it would be normal. We're we're, we have our kids on our shoulders. We're walking, beatboxing, laughing super loud. I do that here in Lansing. Everybody stops. Everybody looks. There, it's normal. No one even, it was, just, it was really fun. But what I was overwhelmed by was driving into the city by the sheer mass in the vastness of the city. It was as if we colonized there and just said, okay, what do we do next? Build a building. What do we do next? More businesses. Where do we put them? Right next to each other. Where should we put the roads? Closer. Where do we put the people on top of each other? What else should we do? Go underground. Um, is there any other land? No, there's no other land in the world. Just keep going and tighter. And, ah. and, and, and what I saw was the power of mankind. And I was perplexed to think about if man can do this, how big is God? If man can do this, how big is God? The fact that God shows up as the carpenter's son is just so powerful because he's bigger than New York. Psalm 113 says, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and on the earth. To look down on it all, but yet then come and be one of us. God comes to us. This is the Christmas story. Emmanuel, God with us. And next week, we're going to dive into some of the thoughts. What does this song mean? Noel, Emmanuel, is it Christmas, Jesus' birthday, all of that. And then we're working on putting a, a live online, uh, a, a live pre-recorded both to do live intro and then pre-recorded sermon for your Christmas Eve so that you could have the sermon in your house and also Christmas Day. So be on the lookout for that if you haven't liked, shameless plug, if you haven't liked the Facebook page or you don't follow us on Instagram and you haven't reviewed us online yet, um, five stars preferred. If not, we can talk after service and realistically assess your expectations. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's only an hour, right? I love that Jesus loves us and he puts up with us. Number two, um, one, God is big, but number two, God is found in the small it was not cool to wear glasses as a kid. Now you can, you can wear glasses, you can have braces. Braces is a fashion accessory. Invisalign at 60, I mean, you're in the game. You get somebody 70, walk up to you with a Invisalign. What's up? You know, they're talking a little awkward. You're like, wow, you have braces. Yes, I do. You know, wow, good for you. And uh, so 
those stereotypes and some of those barriers, things have changed, and that's, that's cool. But glasses weren't cool as a kid for us, especially playing sports. But over time, because I type and look at the screen, I started to realize I was getting headaches. Your, your head is 10 to 15 pounds, so when you lean forward, 10 to 15-pound bowling ball on your neck. And I learned that, and I okay, posture, thank God for planking, thank God for uh, how to hold you know, uh, type 90 degree angle hands. I'm giving some of this, this is because you're, you're, you hurt, so I'm just giving you a couple of things. This will save you a lot of money. And then MSU Sportsman, I'm thankful for all those things. Of course, God. But, 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 here, but here's the point. Um, I realized I needed glasses. And when I got glasses, I switched to contacts, but I saw something I never saw, texture on leaves. Never seen it. This is what people see. There's a video online of a kid who sees color for the first time ever. He gets these glasses. Oh, it's just grabs your heart. He takes one, he just starts crying. When you see God clearly, it's, but it's the texture on the leaves, it's the small. If you want to find God, look, look smaller. Any Kool-Aid drinkers in the house as a kid? Kool-Aid, anybody? So Kool-Aid, uh, what's your fl- flav- uh, favorite flavor? Come home now. We mix them. <laughs> so if someone says they have a favorite flavor, just know they're the entry-level expression of Kool-Aid drinking. The Kool-Aid, though, one little packet uh, can do a whole pitcher, but the whole pitcher can be changed by that one little packet. Why? Because that packet's concentrated. Concentrated. I think when we get really... Uh, singular and focused on the small and the, and the people that we're with and we look at them through the eyes of God and the relationships and to laugh at ourselves when we're planning to get ready for service today, but yet my son walks in with PJs on and, and that says everything. That says it was a unique morning for mom. <laughs> that says, you know, people are going to wonder, is everything okay? Is someone sick? And they're all stained from like, he's tried to wear them like 14 days in a row, right? And, and, and I just laughed think a little bit of the message today was permeating me just to laugh that the small that was that was God in that moment don't over stress it just get a little closer when you get closer I think the 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 Kool-Aid packet the concentrated version of God is on full display we had the privilege this week to uh two weeks ago now to kick off tutoring at Eastern High School any Eastern grads in the house what what yeah um I didn't plan on going, not because I didn't want to, but we already had a team going. They couldn't go on such short a notice, so we were left with a handful of volunteers. I still didn't have to go, but I, was, I stumbled into this opportunity thinking, we love tutoring. We love Eastern. This is what we signed up for. We love this. Let's go. So I walked through the doors, and um, not a hero by any stretch of the imagination, and, but we have pizza, and people are remembering us. Hey, what's up? I remember you. You wrapped at our school uh, two years ago. But that little glimpse of love still, still was there. Oh, it's good to see you. Good to see you. And we went into the room, saw the future everywhere, saw great opportunities, saw what, what people are looking at as obscure settings, saw test scores that aren't uh, going to be those that are recruited into the Ivy League, but you could just feel God's heart. All these are legends. Oh my goodness. And I met a legend, the security guard. 
And he comes up to us and he goes, hey, I know you guys. You guys love Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Okay, I like this. You're loving here on Jesus? I am too. Oh, cool. Tell me more. You don't know if this is going to get super weird where, you know, I'm praying in tongues the whole time. I've converted 14 people with the sinner's prayer. Cool. You know, you didn't know if it was going to go there, um, which is nothing wrong with there. But a lot of times that's how it's, can we just eat food? You know, um, but it was, it was even cooler. He met me and he goes, Wait, okay, you guys gave me a CD a couple years ago. Oh, we did? Yeah, I saw you at the barbershop. Neat. When I see these kids at their lowest moment, when they're fighting, we could expel them. I never look at them as that highlight, that low light. I always ask, why are you doing that? And they say, what's going on at home? Because a kid isn't defined by their lowest moment because their lowest moment is just a reflection of the pain they're feeling. There's probably a lot of things going on at home. There's probably a lot of junk. There's probably a lot of stuff they're dealing with. And I see greatness in them. Paused, looked up. That's better than all sermons I hear. Thank you. That was found in the small. I got a higher concentrated dose of God by going in places that most people wouldn't think God is at. You know, sometimes people wonder when they're in um, maybe not the nicest school or the nicest neighborhood, well, does God even care about us? Yeah. In fact, he's probably coming to recruit you first. And there's only one entity that I know that does that. It's Jesus and his church. Only one. Everything else is kind of like a handout. We, you know, it could be uh, you need X amount of people from the inner city to work at your, you know, for, for ratios. The body of Christ is, is, is low. It goes low. So get your glasses on. Talk to some security card guard people. There's a longer text I want to read here. I think it's really good. And I'll admit this feeling, which I'm sure you do, know this feeling. When you're in third grade and they ask you to stand up and read in front of the whole class, and you get to find out how good you are at reading. <laughs> That's what I think about when I read these longer passages. <laughs> I wanted to include the whole passage because I think the passage is one that really shows us that God is using the small, even though yet he's really big. So we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 31, and it's also on the screen. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly what we preach to save those who believe. The carpenter's son. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. What a message. Yeah, serve this God, the one hanging on a tree. What? You're hanging on a tree. We were deceived from a tree. Now God hangs on a tree so that we could be free. A stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, all people, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Even God on his worst day crushes New York. 
For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And you look, he's really big. I can't boast. And it's powerful. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification. This is the belief. This is why signs and wonders do happen with us in redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We find God in the small and we only boast in the Lord. And how this plays out is not like this. Hey, great job today. Great job singing. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise God. Uh, glory to God only. Not me. Glory. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you, thank you. I don't even know what all those things mean. And I think we're meaning to say it's not about us, but humility is felt more than it's heard. People can feel when we're humble. And how do we get humble? I think humbling ourselves just in private. Remember, it's not God. I got a quote sent to me yesterday that I thought was so powerful. Most of us are wired to hunt for the spiritual and the spectacular. Why often it is found in the ordinary and mundane. Do not despise the day of small things. Jesus was born in a small little town. He never appeared on a, I'm a celebrity. Don't look for him in the wrong place. I'm the founder of Soul Survivor in Great Britain. Powerful. Why? Because God is big. He's found in the small, but Jesus is the only superstar here. That's it. Jesus is the superstar. Did you hear this this week? Um, Chance the Rapper read Galatians live online. You all hear that? And God's at work, ain't he? Like, yo, Chance the Rapper? He's big. Grammys? Chance. Chicago, the work he's doing in the inner city, it's incredible. It's to be noted. A hundred percent. But I do caution us. Here's why. When celebrities profess Jesus, we think it validates us. When Jesus was worth validating, even if no one did. When Chance the Rapper read Galatians, it didn't make him relevant. Right? God was already relevant. I wrote this quote, Galatians isn't more relevant because Chance the Rapper read it. Chance the Rapper is more relevant because he read Galatians, right? And I, and I know Christians will be like, yeah, because we got the word of God. No, Chance the Rapper is awesome. He's amazing. But we're also the same people. They're like, look at the T-Bowing. I'm T-Bowing. Yeah, T-Bow, T-Bow, you know? When Duck Dynasty was out, like, look, there's more of us on TV. Like, way to go for the Lord. You know, John Gray's on TV. Like, yeah, brother, like, way to do it. Um, even if they weren't even broadcasting us, it's okay, friends. Even if you never get noticed, it's okay. We need to know that because people, people need to encourage the small places in our life that no one else sees. That's when he validates you. When no one else saw your mundane, nine to five, the struggle, the stress, the pressing, the new wine, God was there and he's big. And it's okay, it's good. He's nice like that. Can I take off my hat for a second, just the pastor hat? Here's one of the things that just gets to me. And I know people mean it well, but they say, oh, how's ministry going? Oh, it's going good. 
yeah, it looks like it. You got the truck, love the city week. It looks awesome. And I say, well, here's what it's really like. It's front row to the best moments in people's lives, but it's front row to the worst moments in people's lives. And their eyes gloss over, whoa, I just wanted to talk about the truck. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, the truck exists for you for sure. Let's talk about it. Can you volunteer? Is there something I've learned in pastoring? It's never about the mic. It was always about the hospital bed visits. And that is tough. You don't learn that. You don't learn that. You experience it. What do you say to someone and their family when they have a day to live? Those are the moments. But God invites us into that. It's a beautiful time. See, the, the, the most powerful thing about God is he's the God of the high moments He's the God of the low moments. Whether we are bound or we're low, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we celebrate with those that are celebrating, but we also weep with those who are weeping. Jesus transcends culture, and if we're not careful, especially in the holidays, we start to feel like we're lacking because we are infatuated with big. We've grown up big. People have big. Jesus flips the script, and he shows us the wind looks like Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That's the power of God at work. Those things are found in the small. Those qualities, rather, they're found in the small. Matthew 6 speaks to us in this season, I believe. Has anyone by fussing in front of a mirror gotten taller by doing so much of an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much of a difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby against alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of us which have never even seen, small, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you. Do his best for you. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. I get to experience the opposite of this verse. Every year on this magical date called, it's only reserved for guys. There's only guys at the store during this time. It's Christmas Eve shopping. <laughs> the group of procrastinators and obligationary gifts that are Racks are, you know, thrown everywhere, and you just hope you'll leave with a gift receipt at least, or maybe a gift card. And then you're exposed if you just get a gift card because you want a thoughtful gift, right? I've shopped on Christmas Eve at least a dozen times. Confession. <laughs> Steep your life in the God reality, though, the God initiative, the God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find out all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to, of, to what God is doing right now. and Don't get worked up 
about what may or may not happen tomorrow, God will help you deal with whatever hard things that come up when the time comes. Jesus is so much sweeter than our possessions. And Chance the Rapper highlighted something that is true. God's word, God's people, God's church, God's love, the grace of Jesus is always in. And it's always now. And it's powerful. And we don't see the greatest display of God in the big. We see the greatest display of him through the security guards at Eastern High School. Thank God. So as we respond today, um, here's what the cross does. The foolishness, the bigness of God, but, but displayed in a cross. What is this? What it does is it brings bold, bold, bold conviction. When God opened my eyes to my sin and I was hearing about Jesus being whipped, mocked, crucified, lived a sinless life, uh, died on the cross for my sins. Um, he, didn't, he didn't deserve it. He died a murderer's death, and he was as uh, innocent as all get out. And I'm sitting there weeping, thinking, oh, I'm sorry. I'm guilty. There was so much conviction because I recognized how big he was. I was sorry. And then that conviction led to freedom because, oh, new life. Thank you, God. But here, here, get this. Lean in. The same spirit of conviction sometimes can feel like condemnation after you're set free initially. Because now you feel guilty about some stuff. Somebody exposed you on some areas. You told somebody you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You don't want to go by them anymore. Because you don't want to come out. You want to hide. You definitely don't want to get in front of the big God. So you want to clean up that area. You'll get right. And uh, it's such a lie. You know, what's crazy is we, if, if we're struggling, I hope we struggle here and we struggle together. What a lie that we'd be condemned to be alone. That's a lie. But conviction here, conviction and condemnation feel very, very similar. But here's how you discern between the two. God, when he convicts, he always corrects, and it's always life-giving and gentle. Satan, when he condemns, it's always abusive, and you'll never be good enough. And those people are judging you. No, they're probably not judging you. Quit thinking of yourself so high. They're probably just calling it for what it is. Is somebody judging me if I'm driving on the wrong side of the road? And they tell me to drive on the right side of the road? What are you judging, man? He's just zone. Only God can judge me. What? What are you talking about? Get on the right side of the road, bro. I don't want you to judge me. I don't want you to talk to me. Come on. Come on out. Get out of hiding. Conviction is a good thing because it leads to freedom and correction. Condemnation beats us down. So... Uh, how this is wrapped up for us, the, the house, if you will, this church, every December, we do an offering on top of our tithes and offering with an emphasis and a focus of what we're thinking about. The, the greatest way that we think we can respond to the trucks and the love of the city, we, we love all that, but it's the slow moments when no one sees, and that's fine, and when no one sees you, it's okay. God sees you, and, and he, he's validating you, and he shows up in the little, and, and, and let's do this. But we want to invest in people this next year more than ever. In you, we want groups to be tight, um, but we want interns to be invested in. We've had applications for interns. Out of the 10 first that came in, nine applied for financial scholarships. So the heart for the house this year for us is to take every dollar that's given towards the heart for the house. You can go on the line and you'll be able to select the little tab. Every dollar that's given towards it is going straight towards scholarships to help invest in people 
small when nobody's looking, a small group of people. We're only accepting 15 applicants because the bigness of God can be displayed in the smallness of a group, and they can do something so powerful. We want to cover uh, their cost for the trips they'll be on, the books they'll get, and all of that. And if you've um, met any of the interns, oh, it's rich. They're rich. They're a deep well. They're a deep, deep well. And there's a video to highlight the heart for the house right now from, they came up with these nicknames, Coco and DV McBuckets. Check it out. Tuning in tonight at the City Life Lansing newscast. Coco, what's the breaking word? Breaking word is we have the year-long internship. It's here January through December. Mm. Four days a week, two days during the week, and the rest are the weekends. Of course, naturally. There's only two days. Hey, guess what else is cooking? It's five Gs, but that ain't nothing, right? We've got ways you can pay for this, tips, things to do, scholarships are available. Application deadline is DCM break 20. That is Spanish for, check this, December 20th. So get your applications in. Get them in because you know what? The apps are hot. (laughs) They're hot, you guys. Mad hot, like Applebee's? Yes. Like half off apps? Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Because the cap is 15 people, so get them in, you guys. You were in the internship, too. Tell us about that experience. (sighs) I was, and you know, it changed my life. I started off not knowing anyone, and, you know, I just learned a lot about myself and a lot about more about Jesus. It was good. Man, I did the same thing, and you can, too. If you've ever thought about discipleship or growing in your faith or wanting to elevate your game, man, God is calling you today. Sign up for the internship. What are they going to get in this internship? You know, when you're going to do the internship, you're going to not only learn about the mission field, but you will also be prepared for the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Diva McBuckets, love you all. Signing off. And Coco, good night, you guys. Thank you. First time I saw the video, my first instinct was I got five seconds. I'm about to pull this thing down. It's ultra cheesy. And then I was, they pulled it off. Wow. They were really good. Really good. (laughs) Really good. So I stood very corrected. The team did an incredible job. You guys, here's where we're at. We're closing and we're closing with this. We have two weeks left to give big. And I think one of the best ways that we can show that God is big in our life is really with our wallet. And there's no amount too small that's not big to God. He is not interested in the amount that counts. Really, here's what, here's what giving is. Giving is a, an, an opportunity to, descri- to show tangibly the worth of God so that other people in the good news can carry on. We believe the church is the hope of the universe, the family of God, the freedom of God, and it's definitely not a building. We wanna invest in these interns. There's a few different ways that you can give today, and then we're gonna worship and close because we wanna invest in the living legends in this place. You can give in the app, you can give online, and you can give uh, through the envelope. And first time guests, we would have done this in the beginning normally. Hey, welcome here, you came at a family time. Hi, Uh, you can get a gift in the hallway at the Connect Center where the TV says, welcome, I think to City Life. You'll get a shirt, you'll meet somebody. You can hand in your Connect card at that moment. You could fill it out now. We wanna pray for you. We take the Connect cards very seriously. I love to read them. In fact, I get them handed to me every week on my desk and they're so special to to, to read and and to see and to just be connected in that way. Uh, We believe that the Spirit transcends place 
that when we get the connect card, we can pray and great things happen. Uh, so let's be generous. We've got two weeks left. The Heart for the House will be continued through the end of the month. All of the giving is tax deductible. Um, and yeah, Christianity has abused money a lot, huh? And people in the name of Jesus have taken money and done some crazy things. And we understand that. There is freedom to wait to see if this is a good fit. But I can tell you this, in three years of launching, we've rented a facility. We've got two paid people on staff. We've got 220 volunteers called the Dream Team, though. They make, they, they make this thing run. We have a, a heroic coach team that invests outside of just everyone gets to play and we all pay to play is the point. We love this. We, we feel we get to and we pay to. We're excited about it. So you can wait, but we would love to invite you in this journey and do this together and resource to help us do this faster and help us do this better. So giving team, if you want to come up front, I want to pray and I want to lead us into worship to close. Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to give. We think what's on your heart is investing in these interns and it's going to take money and every dollar counts. I pray that there's freedom in this place, that we would not hold a closed fist, but we would be generous and trust that as we sow seed, you will take care of us as you see fit. We don't need big displays, but we're dreaming also big to see life change. That's the biggest change we want. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.